1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. TV guy on the radio, Mark Strauss, uh, joins me as he does every single Tuesday. I got a lot of politics and other stuff to talk about, uh, but I want to start somewhere local, uh, Mark. And I didn't uh, let you know that we were going to go this road, but uh, it's something that's been out. We're reporting on uh, in the newsroom. I talked about it a lot yesterday. Uh, just quickly to fill you in or anyone that didn't hear me talk about this yesterday, I met Mason Loy. Uh, 21 years old, on Friday night at the VFW in Peoria Heights. Uh, he was there. His mom was there. They're friends of, of people that, that are part of the VFW. And I thought the kid was impressive to me because he had talked about a troubled life that he lived and a lot of things that he had done wrong and even time he had spent in jail, but that he wanted to turn it all around and he wanted to be on my radio show and talk about his own life experience. I told him I'd love to have him on the show. He was killed Saturday night outside of Laramie Liquors. Uh, that was about 9 o'clock at night. He was shot um, multiple times and died on the scene. Uh, died maybe instantly, I think, is what the autopsy said. Last night at about 10.30, a 17-year-old boy was arrested in Normal uh, by the Peoria County Chief's uh, Sheriff's Office, excuse me, uh, by the Normal Police Assisting and even a SWAT team and the Illinois State Police uh, uh, all responded to this. 17-year-old. Uh, that is the only suspect right now. There are no other suspects, and he is in custody here in Peoria. Uh, just simply uh, to say, the amount of times that we've seen cases where the person who uh, dies is around the age that Mason is, 21, and the person who committed the crime is around the age of 20 to, you know, maybe even a teenager at times, is so significant so often in the last few years. And my simple question is why? And I don't know if you have any way to try to field a question like that. I know neither one of us can probably answer it uh, definitively. But why are we seeing so much violence, specifically with people younger and younger, who are essentially throwing their lives away uh, or taking the life of someone else by having this be such a common occurrence throughout the country? Well, I don't, you know, I don't know anything about uh, this person's, either of these individuals' families, backgrounds, um, whether or not they're a two-parent family. I'll just say in a very general sense that, and this has been discussed ad nauseum, that families, and, and I don't know, maybe this is not the case here, but families who don't have a strong father figure, a lot of times the males end up going astray. Because uh, they have no one to sort of make them toe the line or to look up to or to set order in the household. That's not to say moms can't do it, but there's there's something about, from my generation, the father was the authority figure, you know? Sure. Now, that may not be the case here. But but it's a, not, it's not a, the case for Mason. But in a general sense, yeah. you hear this discussed all the time, yeah. that in many cases... A lot of these criminals come from backgrounds where there is no father. Mm. There's no strong male authority figure. Yeah. That's, um, that's the only way I can answer the question because sure. I don't know anything about the specific circumstances yeah. of either of these people and their home life. Right, yeah. No, we don't know any other details about the individual who was caught and is the uh, main suspect, the only suspect in uh, the murder of Mason Loy. Uh, we only know that he's 17 years old and that he was arrested in normal in an apartment uh, yesterday, but I think he's actually from the Peoria area. It's just so staggering to me that we're seeing so much of this. It's not just um, violence uh, either. You're seeing a lot 
of carjackings and social media posts about carjackings. You're seeing a post where people brag about, say, having tremendous amounts of money or something that comes from some sort of illicit business that they're um, operating. You see more and more of that from young people on social media. Obviously, we didn't have social media a certain amount of years ago. And so I wonder if there's something playing in there in encouraging this type of behavior uh, or this sort of, you know, a level of um, screw society uh, that is becoming more and more prevalent for a lot of people of a certain age. Well, you know, you bring up social media, and I don't think it's it's any uh, surprise to people that, you know, social media has, it's really an oxymoron because it sure. creates anti-social behavior. Yeah. You spend more time looking at your phone or your computer screen than you do interacting with actual other human beings face-to-face in the same room. You know, it's different than the telephone, where yeah. you're, you're having an actual conversation with another human being. And right. now we're getting into this era with artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon, you know, you'll live parts of your life with, without ever interacting with another human being. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I think social media does actually feed a lot of these problems that you're talking about. Well, it's interesting that you say that, too, because I was talking about this a little yesterday, and I'll just bring it back here, but in a serious way, and I won't do as many examples. There was a list on BuzzFeed or somewhere of the 10 things that are considered awkward today uh, that are not have not been considered awkward in the past, mostly among young people. Uh, those things include giving a stranger directions, making eye contact with someone you don't know. Uh, when you're playing with your phone and someone watches you over your shoulder, that one I think people might actually think is awkward. Uh, when you uh, can't think of what you order in front of a cashier at a restaurant, trying to make conversation with a cab or rideshare driver. These are all things that a, a vast majority of younger people think are too awkward for them to handle. And that is obviously because of what you're saying about the lack of conditioning. I could crush directions as a 10-year-old without an issue. Sure. have never worried about that once in my life. I'm surprised to see it, among other things, listed here as like things people well, wouldn't want to do. A lot of people cannot give directions anymore because they use <laughs> GPS apps on their sure. phone. Anyway, they, yeah. they don't even know what street they're turning on to. They just wait for the voice on the phone to tell them, <laughs> in 500 feet, turn, turn right. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. All right. Uh, other stuff out there, though, shifting to, uh, gears to more of the national things. I, I mentioned this yesterday, too, but I wanted to talk to you about it. COVID-19 is to blame for 1% of new deaths, according to data from the Center of Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, The New York Post is the one who actually put this out. 1.7% of all fatalities nationwide were attributed directly to the virus. It is usually listed as a secondary condition for what is more typical causes of death uh, right now, say heart disease or even cancer is on this list. And yet this data is the data that is driving the conversation right now from some places saying that we need to start to prepare for a big, uh, giant COVID, you know, response. Well, it, it only, we only have COVID every four years when there's a presidential election coming up. <laughs> it's true. You are right about that. Uh, that is, that is um, and I think Biden said just the other day that in September there's going to be a new booster shot and that everybody should get it and it's going to wind up being free, which means... We're going to pay for it through the government, um, which is well. Not it, something it wasn't free do. last time. Lots of people lost their jobs and had their businesses closed. Kids couldn't go to school. Right. You're, and actually, even though the shot may have been free, the amount of of money that was paid for the shot still existed then too. You're right. Uh, we as taxpayers paid for the shot every single time. We're just going to be forced to do that again. Uh, do you think we'll get back to a place where it gets as 
uh, ridiculous as it did at the early stages of the pandemic, where people are trying to say that things should be closed down or or masks need to be worn or, you know, vaccines need to be met. Do you actually think we'll get? Back well, I there? think the powers that be will try to do that. I would hope and I do believe that more people are going to take the stance of fool me once. Shame on you. Uh-huh. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Sure. Now, not everybody's going to do that. But it certainly isn't going to be like it was in 2020 and 2021. Pe- yeah. People are people are not. Remember, just remember, a mandate is not a law. A recommendation is not a law. Uh, you know, none of those things are laws. Yeah. And, and, and you're not required to do those things. No. And the government, no government. I don't care if they say they can. No government can force you to put a foreign substance into your body. Yeah. Uh, there were uh, a lot of stories about countries that were actually literally forcing people, well, as in but they pulling them out of their homes, like in China. But they don't That's ha- not a place we want to have here. Those other countries, and uh-huh. thank God, at least for the time being, we, we live that. here, yeah. they don't have our Constitution. No, they don't. Yes. And that's what these people at the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization, mm-hmm. and name the NGO, sure. don't like about America. They can't call the shots for you and me because we have this document. Yeah. You know what's interesting, actually, about you mentioned the World Health Organization just quickly. I looked up their guidelines for uh, COVID shots. They don't recommend them for people um, that are healthy and people that are in, um, you know, a certain age groups, most age groups that have no reason to think that they would have anything other than uh, a, a regular case of COVID. Even the World Health Organization doesn't uh, advise people in what they call their medium risk bracket to get another COVID shot. Only our country is going to push that that hard, or maybe some other countries will, of course. But it's not even a consensus opinion within that organization that was pushing so much well, of this information before. You have to understand, and I think you do. We're the last obstacle. The United States is the last obstacle. They have to knock us down if they're going to have complete control. They don't have control of this country because of the Constitution. Mm. They need to get rid of that document. And so far, they haven't been able to do it. But they can do whatever they want everywhere else. Mm. They can't do it here. The only way they can do it here is if people go along with it. If people say... Don't stop it. Don't stand up to it. Sure. Uh, you and, know that, and that's why all people like Reagan and others have always said freedom's not free and you've got to fight for it every day. And Reagan famously said that it's one generation away from extinction. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're at the edge of the cliff. We haven't gone off yet. But I think what happened with COVID in 2020 and 2021 mm-hmm. has educated a lot of people that, yeah. hey, we can't just go along with this stuff because it'll be the end of us. By the way, I got a text message from a listener that said people were forced to get the COVID shot here in this country. I agree with you, by the way, before I even read the rest of your text. What I meant was literally in some countries, including China, the story was that they were pulling people out of their homes and forcing a jab into their arm to make certain people get vaccines. That never occurred here. But you are absolutely right, Texter, in saying that military, professional sports, people who worked in medical facilities, people who had a lot of different jobs. That's not true. Lost their jobs. Because of COVID. They weren't forced. Right. Aware. What are you talking about? In th- those places, they, they were allowed to choose to lose their job. That's right. Right. You, you always have a choice. Yes. And if you think something is going to be harmful to you, mm-hmm. the choice is, 
okay, I'm going to have to find another job. Right. But there are people who left the military. Yeah. Because they were not going to take the vaccination. You always have a choice. It's hard. That's why, that's why you've yeah. heard people say throughout the years that but freedom I, isn't free. You yeah. have to fight for it. But and part I, of that fight is, you know, you have to deal right. with adversity. But I don't think that many people would hold it against someone who has, say, two kids that they're no. raising no. and knew they had to put food on the no. table. And so they did whatever they had to do to make sure that if they, they you know, um, didn't think that it would right. be a quick transition from one job to another job. And that's what, if, you, if you quit your job, you don't get unemployment ed- no. money. You get nothing. But that's what they so count on. They, have, they, yeah. they, account, they, they, they right. count on the fact that uh, most people don't want to deal with that adversity. Yeah. Um, well, or, and they, or can't. I, I, I would go as far as to say that some people uh, might feel as though sure. they can't deal with that but adversity. But if, if, you, if you were injured by the vaccine or worse. Sure then you've put your family in a much worse situation than if you have to look for another job. Sure, I understand and, that. And, and here's the thing. Before you get anything, a foreign substance, yeah. injected into your body, you don't know how your body's going to react to it. Yeah. So you, don't, you, you're, you can't predict the future. Yeah, although I will say, and I know that there are studies and conversations about the risk of, of something, whatever that uh, is, COVID or the COVID vaccine, that a, a lot of people uh, throughout the world got the COVID uh, vaccine, and all of those people are not dead yet. So, so I, 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 I pause them going so far as to say that the data and information we had at the time would convince you okay. that the odds of you being in some sort of medical crisis by getting i got three vaccines and i never had any issue with any of them not yet not yet sure um but a lot of people would be in my camp what if 10 years down the road you start to develop some sort of illness or cancer i mean that is a a a conversation that we cannot even remotely have right now because it's not happening um i'm not in the future and i don't know if i'm sick or not. that's exactly why i would not take it in the first place because i can't predict the future right but but that doesn't mean that the future comes but i am sick i'm I'm not trying to defend the vaccine i'm actually not intent to get any more of them and one of the reasons why is i think i think there's more risk of being um you know uh, sick due to the vaccine than i think there's risk of me being sick from COVID. i agree with you on all of that i don't want anyone listening to think that i'm trying to push back for the wrong but this conversation isn't about the vaccine it's about your personal liberty sure and in this country you are constitutionally protected from being forced to do anything like that and we've already had courts that have ruled in favor of people who didn't get it nurses doctors people in different professions sure and they've said you you have to let them come back to work with back pay, I think some of the cops in New York won yeah. a case not too not too long ago. No, I, I understand that, um, but it is very very true uh, that a lot of people did lose their jobs yes. and maybe haven't gone through well, the I process. Well, I was one of them. Yeah, you were one of them that lost your gig because you refused to get a shot. That's which, right. Which and, and I and, you had every and right four to do. of my colleagues at the same you know regional Place. plant uh, lost gigs as well. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so in your case and in the case and, of and, a lot of people uh, and, in situations like yours, if you didn't even have the means, and I'm not saying you don't, but have the means to go through the court system or whatever, I think there's a lot of people who lost their jobs, didn't get any sort of um, um, you know, court settlement, and just wound up moving other places. And so the fear from some to not go that road I think was rational. And whether or not it was the, the right thing to do or the thing that they had every you know, um, legal... It, it's it's not about right and wrong. It's yeah. about your personal 
individual liberty. Sure. It, this is not a conversation about if you no, got yeah, it, I, you made a right. mistake. If you didn't get it, you made a mistake. Right. And whether the vaccine is good for you or not. Right. This is not a conversation no, about that. No, it doesn't that. have to be. This is about you as an American citizen. Having the right Have to the constitutional mm-hmm. protection. Right. And nobody can force you to do that. And if they say they can force you to do that, they're breaking the law. And at some point, these companies, you name it, yeah. are they're going to bear the cost. I hope you're right about that, because I can't predict the future. Uh, as you said, you can't either. And I don't know that all of those companies and all of those people who lost their jobs are going to all wind up in situations where they hold those companies. I hope that you're right, though, because I understand the premise of what you're saying. The reality is it happened and it happened a lot. And because now the we, only way because to get... we allowed it to happen because we went along with it. Did you allow yourself to get fired? Yes. OK. Um, and in, in... I didn't quit. Right. I know you got fired. But what I, what I mean and I by knew that it was coming. But what I what I mean by that is, is you didn't have the alternative to keep your job, even though you should have been allowed to keep it. Uh, right. how, how is that a stance that helped, say, for a person with with two kids and no other means that decided to get the shot because they couldn't lose their job? Well, here's the thing. And this is the way my mind works. Sure. Once they cross that threshold yeah. and they can inject you with a foreign substance by holding your job over the head. Yeah. They can do anything to you, sure. and they can hold your job over your head for every yeah. single oh, yeah. idea that they have. I don't want us to be misunderstood here. I'm not arguing that it was right that they were allowed to do it or they could do it. I'm just thinking that there are probably people who decided they couldn't of course fight there the were. system. Yes. Yeah. And well, so I, I, don't, I don't blame look, those people for the decisions they made. There are all kinds of different people in the world, and some of them, uh, some of them are timid. Some of them are more in your face about it. Sure. Some of them are quiet, sure. but they're not going to put up with it. Sure. Everybody has their own way of doing things. Yes. Yeah. But when you go for someone's livelihood, uh, some people make decisions they wish they didn't have to make in order to keep the livelihood. Well, I'll give you an example. Wait, hold on. We, we're way late. All right. It's 30. Well, if you'll 20. allow me the opportunity after the break. Absolutely. I, I want to I use this analogy, which is not vaccine related, but it's the same sort of idea. Sure. Okay. We'll get to that as soon as we come back from this break and we do the 3.30 News. Mark and I with you at uh, the Craig Collins Show. For- WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Mark Strauss, TV guy on the radio here, as he is every Tuesday. We were talking before the break about something, and you wanted to make another point about it, but we're running up on the news. Uh, So we're going to reset it up here. What do you want to say? Well, we were talking about, uh, you know, people losing their jobs. They felt that they were in a no-win. They were in a corner. Yeah. You know, you either get the vaccine in places where your job was being held over your head. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you get this or you get fired, like my situation. Yeah. And I know for a lot of people, they couldn't afford to do that. Um, so they felt like they didn't have a choice, yeah. which I understand having that point of view, right? Okay, so look at East Peoria. And, and this, this, I don't know, some people may not think this is exactly an equal analogy, but you look at East Peoria and how the mayor of East Peoria and the town of East Peoria or city or whatever, however they classify themselves. Sure. What they decided to do when our governor said businesses had to shut down. <laughs> yep. And they said, you know, respect, uh, respectfully, we don't think that would be good for our community. We don't think it would be good for their businesses. So we're leaving it up to the business owners yeah. to decide whether or not they want to close 
their businesses. Yeah, and Mayor John Call was talked about a lot then, a lot of places throughout now, Illinois and other places. A lot of, uh, you can imagine that in many city halls across this state and others mm-hmm. that shut down their states. Sure. There were mayors, city council members, administrators mm-hmm. sitting there saying, well, we have to do this or we're going to see we're going to be fined. Mm-hmm. We're going to be we're lose some sort of sanction. Exactly. OK, so they probably thought we don't have a choice. Yeah. But what the mayor of East Peoria and that city council, however they administer things over there, mm-hmm. what they showed everybody, and they weren't the only ones. No, is that you did have a choice. Okay. Is that you did have a choice. Yeah. And then what happened to East Peoria? Uh, it seemed like things went pretty well. No, no nothing. Oh, oh nothing. right, that part, yes. They didn't yeah, find them. Right. They didn't uh, withhold funding. If they did withhold funding, uh, we haven't heard about it. No. And they haven't complained about it. No. So they got along... Just fine, fine. letting the business owners determine the fate of their own businesses. It's funny you bring that up uh, just quickly because I have a a friend that Betty and I have made over the last uh, six months or so uh, that calls uh, where she lives the free state of East Peoria. And she does it because of that experience uh, during that time. And I remember when I was living in Bloomington and stuff was shut down and Betty and I drove to East Peoria and we were like, this is is something. um, I actually remember uh, a few people, uh, ironically people that don't necessarily uh, agree with you or I politically mm-hmm. who were doing the exact same Enjoying thing. Enjoying some time in East Peoria. And the hypocrisy of that mm-hmm. was... Wow. When we talk about that, we can even point to Nancy Pelosi getting her hair done. Sure. There are so many examples of well, people look, saying, close stuff down, except for me. The schools were closed, but the liquor stores were open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it was a heck of a time. Is that is that the totality of the point you wanted to make? Yeah. Okay. Good. That, my point is, and I know there are going to be people that disagree with me, and that's fine. You're, you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah. But you always have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I more or less. <laughs> I think I think circumstances um, control a portion of your choice. It was Patrick Henry level. who said, "Give me liberty or give me death." Sure. And right. that was his choice. Yes, you're right. You're right. Some people would be willing to die um, for. Some things, uh, lots of things. Uh, other people not. Well, um, we, I mean, we have soldiers and military people who they they en- they enlist, and yeah. we don't have a draft now, so it's purely voluntary. Right. Yeah. They, they are saying we are willing to die for our country. But applying that standard to everyone in every profession is oh, impossible. I, no, and I don't expect everybody yeah. to make that determination. Right. Yeah. No, I I, I don't I, I don't know. But um, I think this time, when they push the vaccine, and they push whatever they're going to push with this. COVID 2.0, sure. you will not see as many people go along with it. Well, I don't even think the, the medical community is participating as willingly as it did in the past, meaning I do hear more professionals saying more mixed opinions about the need for a vaccine than I heard at the beginning of the vaccine. Uh, and I don't know what has caused uh, that level of of honesty to be different than it, it felt like it was in the past. But it does feel like there are a lot more people in positions to influence others that are also willing to push back on any of that conversation. As I've said, for me personally, there is more data available now, which makes sense because when you create a vaccine, you don't really have data. But after you create it and after you dive into it for a couple of years, you have more. And that data leads me to make a certain decision for myself. I would encourage you to read it and look and decide what decision you want to make for yourself. Uh, but that is something that's unique 
now and was not the case for a variety of well, reasons. Well, and, a while and ago. one of them being that they should have had data from trials, which yeah. on people that they didn't have because no. they didn't do them. Right. And then there were times when there were people that had very highly respected positions within the medical community starting to say the stuff they didn't want them to say, and they weren't really allowed to say it. And they were taken off social media. They were, yeah. Um, by the way, someone texted in saying that the liberal guy on the five, the Fox Five, uh, Harold Ford is yeah. his name, uh, got seven shots, and he's gotten COVID three times. Who's the dummy now? I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. He admitted that the other night on TV, uh, that he uh, not only got seven shots, but you know they didn't prevent the, the COVID. Um, all right. Some other things out there. Francis Suarez became the first candidate to drop out of the GOP presidential debate. Uh, not that many people were aware he was in the presidential debate. Is this the beginning of a lot of this, Mark Strauss? Uh, I think that Trump's not participating in it is sort of the death knell for these debates. You don't think he'll ever debate? No. Why should he? I think he'll eventually debate because he's Trump. Uh, Trump likes debates. I, I think he does enjoy them. I, some aspect of him, when the crowd is thinned enough, I think will be too tempted to do it. Um, you know, even the Tucker Carlson thing to me is an example that Trump wanted his message delivered to people on that day that the other candidates were delivering their message to people, and he found a more effective way to do it. Well, I, it also said that he doesn't, first of all, doesn't need it. Need to share the stage with people who don't have a chance to beat him. Yeah. No, they, they don't. Uh, right now, they do not. And the only way that they would gain a chance to beat him would be to be in a debate with him and defeat him in the debate, which I'm not saying I think would happen. I'm just saying that's the only real route, I think, to anyone putting a, a different name above Trump right now. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think Trump's the kind of guy. I mean, like, look at him when he sat down with Brett Baer of Fox News. He knew that that person was not going to be friendly with him, even though people probably assumed that Fox News was going to be friendly with him. And he did the interview anyway. Uh, he does a lot of interviews anyway, because there is an aspect of Trump that, uh, for better or for worse, um, he seems to be someone who's fairly confident in his abilities and will put himself in situations he doesn't need to be in. Well, but he get but, but in addition to that, mm -hmm. he's put himself in a position where he can pick and choose the where? venue sure. and yeah. the person he's speaking to or with. Sure. I think he could pick every aspect of it. Um, and I just assume that at some point he will debate somebody, uh, not just Biden, but somebody on the Republican side of the aisle. Maybe you're right about that. Maybe he never will. I think that if uh, he does a debate, that, he'll, that it will be uh, against whoever the Democrat nominee is. Okay. That's the only debate you think he'll do? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, you want to put like a $5 bill on it like they do on the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show all the time? Sure. Okay. Five bucks says Trump debates some sort of Republican. No, no, before... no, no. No, for me. That's my side of the okay. bet. Okay. Your side is he's not going to do that. Some Republican debate Trump appears there, I, at. There's not, there's not anybody to, to, be, to debate yet. I know. I know how, how far behind are all of these people? Really, really far behind. D did you read his post on Truth Social? And I don't remember what led up to this. But basically, where he said, I'm your man. In other words, you've already picked me mm -hmm. because of all the polling. Mm -hmm. You've already picked me. I'm already the nominee. Yeah. I am your man. Yeah. Uh, that tells me that there will be no debate against any other Republican. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that at some point after the third, fourth, whatever one, uh, that at some point Trump will be like, all right, fine, I'll just go and show up at one. Because that, that fits the person that I think he is, not the political strategy. I wholeheartedly agree with you that the political strategy makes sense I think, to just skip them all. I think, um, I think what I've come to the conclusion to is that 
the way they're going after him yeah. with these indictments and these court cases, yeah. he's decided that that's his campaign. That's his platform? That's his campaign. Sure. And that's the campaign. Sure. And it's not all these other people over here. Sure. It's yeah. the persecution of Donald Trump. That's sure. the campaign. I understand. I, I agree with you on all that. I still think that there's going to be an itch that he has to scratch by um, arguing with people on his side of the aisle at some point. But he, he, I don't think so, because I think in his mind, and frankly, I agree, he's won the argument. Sure. It's over. No, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. I just still think it'll happen anyway. Um, we got to take a break. After the break, I do want to play some audio of a kid that got in trouble in school for having a flag that is not at all uh, what the teacher or, or school administrator, whoever it is, uh, thought it represented. More it's rewriting actually, of American history. It actually is kind of a scary, yes, I would say that, rewriting of American history. We'll get to that more in a bit. 1470, 100 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. I'm Mark Strauss, TV guy on the radio, hanging out as he does every single uh, Tuesday. I want to play a little bit of audio. Uh, this audio is of a, a school, I don't know if it's a teacher, I actually don't know if we know that, or some administrator, some person uh, who has a, a 12-year-old kid uh, that seems to be in a sit-down room with him and the 12-year-old's parents and mom is there and mom is pushing back on some of this. Uh, but the teacher or, or administrator is saying that the kid cannot take his backpack into class with him because his backpack has a Gadsden flag on it uh, that is apparently, according to this um, school person, racist. Here we go. The reason that they do not want the flag, the reason we do not want the flag displayed, is due to its origins with the slavery and okay, I do love the fact that the mom already spoke over her and said the Revolutionary War uh, before she was finished saying the sentence about it being about slavery. Here we go. I asked if can he just take his stuff out of his bag and go back to class? Yeah, it has nothing <laughs> to do with slavery. That's like the Revolutionary War patch that was okay. displayed when they were fighting the British. Like that wasn't. That's the revolution. Maybe you're thinking of like the. <laughs> I think it's like one-sided. You're, you're thinking of something else. You're not thinking of this. Um, uh, the whole truth, not that it matters, and not that I think the woman was denying it is that that flag was used during the Civil War, but it was not created for the Civil War. It was not used with any sort of, you know, connection to some of that. It's just been reimagined now as something that is somehow standing for slavery. Well, they're rewriting history. Sure. And they don't want people who have the attitude that I was expressing in the previous half hour or the previous segment, and that is you stand up for yourself. You have the right in this country to stand up for yourself and to express your opinion. You have that First Amendment right. And they don't want these kids to grow up with that kind of backbone, which is how they get us to go along with stuff, because people are, gen current generations, not everyone, mm -hmm. are uh, raised in these schools to uh, fall in line. And so you don't have courage, you have timidity. Yeah, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, and I do, I wonder why this 
is such a argument. I, by the way, I Googled it out of curiosity as to how prevalent this argument has been made, how often it's been made. And it's, it's been made a lot. There's a lot of times where people, even media people, have made the argument that the school is making there. But most of those times they've been debunked. They've been proven wrong. And even the narrative that, say, Biden right. was trying to ban certain well, things and then not Biden, excuse me, Obama was trying to ban that flag and ban other things. And then it never was actually banned. The, the reason why is because there was no definitive proof whatsoever because it doesn't exist that this is somehow tied to um, well, you know slavery or, or anything this is this is their this is their strategy their strategy is to push you and see if you move mm-hmm. if you move they'll push you more and more and there'll be a next time and a time after that they want to see how much they can push mm-hmm. and you heard the woman after the mother says that's from the Revolutionary War. Right. And then she just continues to go on. Yeah. It's almost like listening, and I'm not trying to make a joke here, listening to Corrine Jean-Pierre during a White House uh, press session sure. where somebody, usually Ducey, will ask a question yeah. that puts her in a corner, yeah. and then she'll just gaslight everybody and say whatever it is she's determining that she wants people to hear, sure. so that's what she thinks people and uh, and 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 look let's let's be honest she's just a mouthpiece yeah. for the people she works for that's the narrative they want to push this this administrator is pushing this narrative yeah. come hell or high water okay the sky is green no it's blue it's, stop it it's, yeah, right, i know, exactly. I, know yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand you believe that but this but, is our policy we don't care. The, yeah. the sky is green right. uh, back to Corinne jean pierre for just a second you do think she's worse at that than pretty much anyone who's been in that role but she's not great at the spin or the pretending to answer the question without answering it she usually does with ducey and a lot of people ask a different person uh, go ask hunter biden go ask these people that too you know she, we could, she's worse we at could that solve than her uh-huh. easily just don't show up media <laughs> News organizations, uh-huh. yeah. I would, I would pay money someday to see her walk out to the podium in front of an empty room with no cameras or microphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that that'll happen, but that is an interesting idea. No, it's idea. not going to happen, yeah. but uh, there's, there's, there's really no point to, I would love, to her doing it anyway, because at this point, it's a clown yeah. show and everybody knows it. I would love the other version that she would actually just willingly put like all the phone numbers to the other places she wants to call right at the front of the podium sure. and then yeah. just point down to the podium every time you ask a question that's challenging. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll do a lot more in a bit. Thank you, Mark, as always, for hanging out, being a part of the show. I'm Mark Strauss, TV guy on the radio. Uh, we are on AM radio at 1470, FM at 100.3, all over the internet, WMBDradio.com. It's the Craig Difference today. Fourteen seventy, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, I'm going to let you guys in on something that's going off uh, off air, behind the scenes, because someone just accused me of being rude. And I want you to understand the totality of this. I told the person they're allowed to call in and be a, a person on the show. And I probably shouldn't even uh, do this. I shouldn't surrender control of my show to others. Uh, but I, I will say, uh, first and foremost, that I am not f- fearful of opinions that are not my own. 
309-340-4464 is the phone number to text. Uh, you can call that number and leave a voicemail, or I can uh, connect with people uh, using that number. I am not uh, weary of, not scared of, uh, willing to have honest debate with anyone on any topic for any reason. And you can text me uh, with whatever your uh, reaction is to the stuff I say. Uh, last week on Friday, so this is the worst way to do this, because now I'm I'm uh, reminding you of something you might not have heard from uh, last week's show. But last week on Friday, I dove into this this study uh, that was out there that said more men are getting uh, va- uh, vasectomies. And the reason that more men are getting vasectomies, according to some places, is because of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And I, on the air, said that I didn't think that that was true. I didn't think that was the real reason that more vasectomies are something that we're seeing in our society. I went on to use an example of how I know that people are having more unprotected sex in our society than they were before. And that is because we have a skyrocketing amount of STDs. Uh, that goes up proportionate to, I assume, the amount of uh, unwanted um, or excuse me, the amount of unprotected sex that people are having. And yes, this is a very blunt, very basic conversation, but I want to make sure that the person who objected to my points understands my points clearly. I did not say that the vasectomy protects against STDs. That's not medically uh, logical. That makes no sense. And I did not say at any point that the reason that someone was getting a vasectomy was any reason other than to prevent a pregnancy. Uh, But here's the one thing I would say, and this now feels like I'm having a one-sided debate with one person who doesn't want to call in anymore uh, because they told me I need to prep them for what my side of the debate was first before they felt comfortable enough calling in so they could research rebuttals to my points. And I just thought, you know what, I'll just say it all on the air. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not going to out who the person is, what their name is, any of that stuff. And I'm truly, as much as it might not sound like it uh, to this one individual, trying to respect their position uh, that I said something wrong. So uh, what I believe to be true and what I've seen true in the data is that rates of vasectomies have been increasing in men since 2014. And they've uh, gone up and up and up and continue to go up. And there's a bunch of data and studies that say that. And actually, even more significantly, and this feels like a very in-the-weeds thing now all of a sudden, a lot of people got vasectomies after the housing market crash in 2008. That had nothing to do uh, with anything related to the overturning of Roe versus Wade because that didn't happen until after uh, all of these increases. And so what are the reasons for that? Well, I believe that young people don't like to use contraceptives. I believe they're more significantly unlikely to do it than people in past generations. And they are trying to prevent just pregnancy, not the other stuff, which is why we're seeing the other stuff increase. Uh, Also, there's a couple other reasons that people might not want to do that that has nothing to do with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. It just becomes a politically advantageous avenue for people to take when they're saying this. Uh, There's a New York Times article uh, that that listener can look up and anyone else that is curious about this at all uh, wants to look up. The New York Times article talks about people uh, in the last couple years who have started to get this procedure more often, young men, especially men that have no family and want to prevent themselves from having a family, at least for a while. And it does reference in the New York Times article that some of the doctors are saying some of the patients have said that overturning of Roe versus Wade was the last straw. But actually, it goes on, that New York Times article, to say what I said about 2008, the housing market crash, and that a whole lot of people, especially on social media, are now trying to remove the stigma that exists with getting that procedure done, more so than because of anything else other than the ability to not have a kid and still 
do something a certain way. And so I do think it's amusing uh, when people reach out to my show, accuse me of lying, accuse me of silencing the other opinion and the other side, and then totally morph my words into something I never spoke. I never said and do not think that a vasectomy would have any impact on things like an STD. And I do not necessarily think uh, that the reason that people would get them is because they believe that. I just think the reason that it's happening is for some reason our society has gotten to a point where a lot of young people refuse to use the easier prevention mechanism. And by the way, and I don't want to go this far on the show, but we're here and I'm ranting and I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to move on to some of my political audio that I have uh, embracing a, a contraceptive would prevent a lot of unwanted pregnancies and cause people to need less abortions. That is just also a true thing. I'm not trying to vilify anyone. I'm not trying to attack anybody. Anyone who thought that what I just said right there was the most outlandish, ridiculous thing, it's simply a true fact. Uh, being willing to, to do one thing would prevent a whole lot more of the other thing from being a byproduct of, well, the, the thing that a lot of people are doing, uh, the adult thing. All right, I'll move on. There's other stuff out there in the world that listener is still more than willing to call in. And now not only they, but you have heard the argument I was going to provide on the air to them. I don't want to feed it to them off the air via a text and then ask them to call in and argue with me. I want to provide my position uh, to everyone at the same time. Um, let's do this. Let's play this right here. Uh, this is our president getting very, very confused when talking about uh, drug prices in certain places. Uh, pretty much a typical Biden moment. Uh, I found this quite funny because I don't know that he knows that he made a mistake here. A drug company that makes a drug here in America, if it's sold in Chicago, you can buy the same drug in Toronto or Paris cheaper than you can buy it in Toronto. You can buy it cheaper than you can buy it in Toronto. I think he meant cheaper than you can buy it in Chicago. I think what he was trying to say is that our prices, our um, medicine costs are much higher than anywhere else. One of the craziest places. I love that joke, by the way. Segment sponsored by Trojan Condoms. <laughs> I just got a text from a listener that said my my solo debate segment where I was talking about how I help fix uh, one of the problems in our society and I don't have to blame the overturning of Roe versus Wade for it uh, is to use uh, contraceptives segment sponsored by Trojan Trojan man. I guess I don't I don't mean to go that road, but we're, we're here and we're living here. And so why not? Uh, another uh, piece of audio that I wanted to play. Uh, that I think is interesting. And, the, and by the way, actually, you know what? I, I got distracted. I uh, thank you for the text from Eric from the VFW. Um, but uh, the thing that I was going to say a second ago about Biden is he's making an argument that Trump made. Uh, the argument being that medicine costs too much, that um, our entire uh, system of healthcare is not effective financially for a lot of people, and that the insurance system is not very effective for the uh, medical community. Uh, medical people, medical professionals, hate the insurance system. Uh, I've, a lot of them have talked to me about how ridiculous it is and how this cost and that cost isn't, isn't great. And so I think Trump's idea, and it's an idea that I loved and I remember a lot of people in media hated, is put all the prices on some sort of thing that's out public in the world for all of us to see so the companies have to start competing against each other for the price of stuff. That would be awesome. And I know eventually you get the price from people 
if you ask about a procedure or something. So you can you can do this research more or less on your own. It's just much more tedious and much more difficult. It'd be great if it was like a gas station. You drove by the hospital and you looked up and you're like, oh, okay, it cost that today. Oh, it cost that today. Uh, we'll see if I want to do this. And that feels like it would be a, a good way to bypass a lot of the challenges we face. I'm not trying to say we shouldn't have insurance anymore or anything like that, uh, but I know that the system is broken, and I know that both sides of the political aisle would like to find a way to fix it. Uh, another thing out there, I just wanted to play this because I thought uh, this was interesting. Uh, this is uh, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, the representative, saying how um, how honorable, how how good of a man the current president of the United States is, no matter how much of a controversy is broiling around him and his family now. And the the biggest story, I guess, what should have actually uh, started this segment is a conversation about how the National Archives has admitted they have a crazy amount of emails from Biden where he used a pseudonym. This isn't conservative, uh, you know, far right uh, conspiracy theory stuff. If you think it is, uh, this is a simple fact that's out there. Uh, a whole bunch of pl- places have at least reported on the the basics of it. Uh, the National Archives confirmed the existence of these emails because there was a Freedom of Information Act requested uh, or Freedom of Information request made to them. They have not revealed what the emails say, uh, who the emails are, are to, even though I think the assumption is that a lot of them are sent to Hunter Biden. Um, this is fascinating as far as a a piece of movement in the world of what Biden is or isn't as far as an honorable man. And yet here I'll play the CNN audio telling us the opposite. Are you confident when you look at what the Justice Department has done, when you look at the investigations into Hunter Biden that the Republicans have pursued up to this point, that there hasn't been any wrongdoing, everything's been about board? Yes, I'm extremely uh, confident. The American people know fundamentally that Joe Biden is a good and decent man uh, who's dedicated his life <laughs> uh-huh. to public service uh-huh. uh, and will continue to serve the people honorably uh, and admirably. Yeah, I don't know if we all know that. I don't know if we all think that. I think there's questions. I think those questions deserve answers. And I think for the most part, the answer to the question so far has been shut up. <laughs> Every time the question gets asked, you get accused of being far right or, or far whatever conspiracy theorist. And they've done that before. And it wound up not being true uh, that their lie was actually a defense for the accusations being made. Of course, Hunter Biden's laptop is one of, of several examples of that and the legitimacy of the laptop, first and foremost. But I, I just think that's on it. That's interesting uh, that they're going to lean into honesty. And this is the way in which you have to, you know, decide who to vote for. And we shouldn't even continue to look into those questions, those things that are coming up in the world. The National Archive story could be conspiracy theory sounding to people in the world. And I can't understand. I actually genuinely would love to debate that with someone. If someone wants to call in or text in and be a part of my show, why does anything tied to Hunter Biden get so easily dismissed by people that think that there's no way that all of this smoke actually has fire? It makes no sense to me, no sense at all. All right, I'll take a quick break. A lot more in a bit. 1470, 100.3. Some casualty insurance company and affiliates. 1470. 
100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about. Getting a bunch of text messages from people saying that they'd love to debate me now um, with all kinds of stuff. A lot of them are just uh, kidding, I think, um, because of the way that I just handled a objection to something I, sp- I talked about uh, last week. And I'm still willing to, to hear from that listener or anyone else. Uh, but if you ask me to prep you on what my side of the argument is, I'm just going to do my side on the radio. Um, other stuff out there that I think is kind of funny, a, a nice couple set of palate cleansers before we get back to it. Uh, Jamie Markley was talking about this and others on the uh, Markley Van Camp and Robbins show today. Uh, the others being David and I don't know. I just called them others. David and, and Scott are not others. They're all the hosts of the show. Uh, pumpkin spice butt wipes are a thing that's now available in the world. I've had a war on pumpkin spice for a while. Uh, The war on pumpkin spice is mostly uh, because, and this is just my opinion, it doesn't make any sense that it's popular for such a finite amount of time. If you love it, you should love it all the time. And they spice everything. It's not just the latte that I care so much about. It's the pumpkin spice of anything and everything out there in the world. Uh, But I digress. Butt wipes feels like when you've jumped the shark. That feels like the moment when nothing else could be uh, pumpkin spiced and nothing else should be pumpkin spiced. Uh, Dude Wipes is the name of the company uh, that put out their dumpkin spice uh, wipes uh, that people are are apparently um, likely to buy. Uh, it seemed to be a very popular post in social media. And actually, my favorite part about the Dude Wipes conversation is that when I used to work with Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins, uh, Jamie bought that as a Christmas gift for all of us. Um, behind the scenes on the show, just um, boxes of Dude Wipes. I can't even remember why, like what what the joke was uh, that he was paying off with the dude wipes thing. Uh, But it was very much appreciated. And then, well, I regifted them to somebody else who also loved them. Uh, Other things out there. I thought this was interesting. There is somewhat of a legitimate push to have ACDC perform the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Uh, The 2024 Super Bowl was likely to be something that um, I I think uh, a couple different uh, people uh, were being eyed for. And a lot of those uh, performers, for one reason or another, are now unlikely to be at the top of the list anymore. Uh, Lizzo is one of those people uh, due to all the controversies surrounding her. Uh, But ACDC would be awesome. Uh, The biggest argument for, and I think even the governor in Vegas is saying that, which is where the Super Bowl will take place, is a bunch of the ACDC songs are already played in all of the places in which um, you would be seeing games of any kind, football, basketball, all of uh, the the sports venues play ACDC songs. I used to play them in minor league baseball uh, during, um, I think, some of the pregame stuff. So it'd be awesome. And the last time they had a legitimate rock show uh, perform at the halftime show was The Who in 2010. So it's been a minute for any actual rock and roll performers. And who better than ACDC to do it? Uh, I definitely agree. I wholeheartedly agree uh, with that. Uh, Another thing out there in the world that I thought was kind of uh, interesting, uh, 10 things that people hate when they're kids but love when they're adults, water is number one on this list of things that people say that they hate as kids but love as adults. That's hilarious. Uh, being a home and having uh, being at home and not having anything to do is something that you hate as a kid but love as an adult. Depends on the adult. Uh, my wife still kind of doesn't like that. If you're uh, stuck doing whatever it is you want to do um, um, for an entire day, she doesn't think that I do the right stuff because I like to do a whole lot of nothing. So she likes having us have stuff to do. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think... She's alone in that either. I think I'm more of the rarity. But you tell me, 309-340-4464, do you like when you have nothing going on? I I love it. I actually, I did my vacation uh, the other week, and people around the office were asking me, like, oh, where'd you go? What'd you do? Nothing. 
I, I actually did nothing. I stayed at home. I did very, very little. I was very, very lazy, and I had an amazing time. I would love to do that again, a whole lot more nothing in the near future uh, because of how relaxing it is, especially when, and this is my excuse for it, and I don't know that this works so well with the misses, but I'm going to try it on you on the radio and see how you feel about it. Uh, but the, my excuse is that I have to cover so much crap out there, especially if you pay attention to politics, you can define a lot of it as crap in my day to day that the nothing is such a, a lovely escape. I don't pay attention to any of the political stuff at all either. Like none of it. I completely write it off. Um, Prince isn't rock and roll was a question I was just asked from somebody. I don't remember when I didn't. It, to be fair, I think that might have been uh, Bryce, longtime listener, friend of the show uh, who texts in. Uh, to be fair, I was reading from something. I don't remember when Prince uh, performed the halftime show, if it was 2010 or after. Uh, forgive me for not remembering that. Uh, but, yeah, I would think Prince is rock and roll. Uh, but anyway, to get back to it uh, just quickly, um, my excuse is that I'm so busy covering the news of the day, and I have to cover the news of the day. I think I have to cover the news of the day when I do this show that I'm really, really happy not doing it uh, when I'm not working. All right, I'll take a break. A lot more in a bit. 1470s and AM, 100.3s and FM. Uh, but if you don't have a radio handy, uh, you can listen to us on the WMBD radio app. Just download it, put it on your smartphone, and you'll hear Will Stevenson in our live and local WMBD newsroom talking about this. 2007 was when Prince performed the Super Bowl okay. halftime so show. So three years before the Who in 2010. Yeah, exactly. There we go. See, Thank we you, got nothing to worry there we go. about. Good. Everything's fine. I was thinking it was before 2010, <laughs> but all right, go ahead. I didn't know we were going to have an argument about whether or not Prince was rock or not. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm not having that argument. <laughs> no. Well, I know you're not, yeah. but well, you know what I mean. <laughs> and Prince died in 2016. I, yeah, I didn't remember sure that. Did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So I knew it wasn't after. He that. Uh, made a stop in the Quad Cities, of course, for the hospital there before he sure. passed. Yeah, right. That's he, how I he know was, that. He but. was a hologram, right? At another Super Bowl at some point. Yeah, he sure was. Do you yeah. remember what year that was and who did the Prince hologram? Uh, let me. I can look that up here real quick <laughs> because now I'm, I'm glad. curious. I'm glad. 2018, the Super Bowl halftime show. I can look it up. Oh, I yeah, it is 2018. Timberlake's yep. halftime show um, uh, technically did not feature Prince. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what this says now. <laughs> the Timberlake, the Timberlake halftime show, well, we remember for a different didn't reason because it was a hologram. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all remember the Timberlake halftime show for a very different reason. I well, think. yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's that. All right. It's Will's got the kind news. Of an obvious reason, if you <laughs> pretty obvious reason. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, you'd think a hologram would just do it, but mm -hmm. nope, 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 nope. Something else did. Other things wind up taking. Yeah, over. that's okay. for sure. Sure. Right. You got the news. I do. Uh, FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell says she's in close contact with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and his counterparts in neighboring states as they prepare for Hurricane Adalia to make landfall. I had an opportunity to speak with Governor DeSantis. I also had an opportunity to connect with South Carolina Governor McMaster and Georgia Governor Kemp to help understand um, what their concerns were and to identify any unmet needs that they may foresee. Criswell says the oncoming system is indicative of recent major disasters across America, including uh, hurricanes that uh, the hurricane that is that led to deadly fires in Hawaii. Uh, hurricane Adalia, by the way, is now upgraded to a Category 2 storm. It is still on track to become a Cat 3 before it hits uh, the northern part of Florida and other parts of the state, too. More at WMBDRadio.com. Here in Illinois, Governor J.B. Pritzker is using the just-underway annual Farm Progress show in Decatur to announce some new initiatives that will address mental health among farmers and other members of the agriculture community. Across the nation, we're in the midst of a mental health crisis, one that affects our children, our seniors, and yes, our farmers, too. 
Pritzker says what started as a pilot program is now statewide, providing farmers telehealth mental health services in addition to a dedicated helpline. It also includes grants to local Future Farmers of America chapters who implement local initiatives related to mental health. The Farm Progress Show, by the way, runs through Thursday in rural Decatur. Burger King, in a sentence I never thought I'd say, must stand trial over the size of its Whopper. A U.S. district judge in Miami has rejected a bid by the fast food giant to dismiss a lawsuit that claims it cheated customers by making the Whopper larger than it actually is on in-store menus. Customers in the class action suit accused Burger King of portraying burgers with ingredients that, quote, overflow the bun, making the burgers appear 35% larger and more than double the meat the chain serves. Burger King countered by saying it was not required to deliver burgers that look, quote, exactly like the picture. Similar suits are being defended by McDonald's and Wendy's in a New York federal court. Taco Bell was sued in the same court last month for selling crunch wraps and Mexican pizzas with allegedly only half as much filling as advertised. More at WMBDradio.com. Okie dokie. WMBD News is brought to you by the Whistler Agency. With how good balance your nest egg can take a tumble as your portfolio headed for a fall, retirement planner Tim Whistler can help at 291-0491 and the Whistler. Drink. Crave. Fourteen seventy, 100.3 WMBD is the Craig Collins Show. My wife Betty joins the show uh, very often at this time at about 540, or 440, excuse me, uh, to talk about uh, a couple things and then do her word of the day. I am uh, texting back and forth with a listener uh, that tells me I'm a liar who lies on the radio and all kinds of stuff. Well, I and you're watching say, me this entire segment. Just yes, send I just want to say I'm very proud of you because oh, you, you are like a multitasking person. I am you a multitasking like person, yeah. secretary, yeah. like yeah. typing, typing on the side yeah. and like, Pushing buttons I'm doing a lot of things, there. yes. Thank and, uh, you. Yes. You are super invested to the listeners, which well, is awesome. The thing is, uh, there are a lot of people in uh, media of all kinds that don't want to have debate with anybody else. They yeah. don't want to do it. Yeah. I am not afraid of it. It's not why I don't have guests on the show. Uh, there's a bunch of reasons. I don't have, I'm not going to get into all of them. I don't have guests on the show. I can't take callers because I don't have somebody to answer the phone. I'm, yeah. I'm doing a lot of this stuff uh, on the fly myself. And so I gave the text screen, 309 340 to anyone and everyone that wants to argue with me about anything and everything. But it doesn't have to be an argument. Well, and it mostly isn't. Most people actually don't argue with me. They're very nice with me. 309-340-4464. But this listener last week thought that I lied uh, in a way that I didn't even say the thing they accused me of saying. Tell me the truth, Craig. Do you lie? (laughs) I love that, Betty. No, I didn't. They accused me of saying on the radio that vasectomies uh, prevent STDs, and that's not only illogical, it's something I would not say. But I'm not going to get into it anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not a doctor either, so I cannot <laughs> give you an opinion. Well, no, if, vas- if, you, if you do a vasectomy, that procedure stops a man from being able to make right. a woman pregnant. Yes. So that's, that's only going to stop pregnancy. Okay. That's all it does. Uh, but there's a whole debate out there about whether or not that happens because of Roe versus Wade. Or... I would love to be a surgeon, but I cannot give you an opinion. <laughs> no, it's fine. I love that. I love you. Uh, this is great. Uh, Ten things that uh, people hated as a kid but loved as an adult. I was talking about some of these uh, in the last break. I wanted to throw a couple at you, Betty. Uh, taking baths is something that they say kids hate but adults love. 
I do really enjoy a bath, and I, yeah. I've talked about it. Yeah. I don't know if I've talked about it here. I know I get judged for it. I used to joke that I put a boat in the bath with me, so it's a boy bath. People said that I can't make that joke anymore. I don't know. Uh, but the, the truth is there's something better to me about that. Like there's something way more relaxing yes. than doing a shower, yes. and it does drive you crazy that I enjoy a bath. So, But apparently I'm not alone. Other adults like baths. No, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I remember when I was like a five years old probably my mom used to like uh prepare a bath like in a metal container because we didn't have like a regular shower and so we stayed there for hours and hours and hours and i remember i feel like that's the same experience for you as an adult like you are just sinking the water just playing (laughs) relaxing don't think about any anything else besides just enjoying the bubbles yeah i do i sit in there for a long time sometimes <laughs> yes. don't i yeah yes, and we yes. used to get like the the salts and everything and yeah. i'd just be in there like a i was in some sort of like soup just cooking yep. just a craig and i know people say you don't get clean in the bath i also disagree yeah, my, with that my mom say that too. yeah and you've, you've said it to me and other people have said it to me all right some other <laughs> stuff out there well some other quick ones here eating leftovers is something that kids hate but uh, adults like not all adults not like that. Not, yeah, not, not as much. Not the one who is not the in two front night, of me. Not the two nights in a row. It, the two <laughs> nights in a row is the thing. I don't mind the leftovers. I just don't want them the next I day. Know, it's the, it's, okay. I know. I know. I know. I make <laughs> this you. This is how you talk to me at home when you're like, yes, I know. I know. You don't dumb. have to eat, but yeah. I really will hate to throw mm. the food on the trash. Yeah, that's what you say, yes. actually. Yeah, because yes. I don't cook any of the meal like a child. Yeah. I'm, okay. Uh, and then one last one, family dinners. This is something that kids don't like, but uh, adults like a lot. Uh, you love the family breakfast and it's just you and I I do but you have family breakfast in Mexico with all the family yeah and so when I don't get up early enough for a down at the table breakfast yes. with you on Sunday you said that that's that I gotta fix that that's gotta be yeah something oh my god I miss so much like having breakfast in the morning all the family especially at the farm like everybody's like there's a bunch of people yes and like you it's know, very active yes yeah. like uh, preparing the coffee mm-hmm. for 12 people on the table right. or more mm-hmm. and re- getting ready to go to the farm yeah, it, it's just something like... And I'm, I'm used to the uh, what I'm going to call the American Catholic uh, Sunday uh, breakfast, which is you go to uh, Mass, and yeah. then you go out for donuts or some kind of breakfast yes, after Mass. Like to do that. I love yeah. that. When yeah. we go to Mass in the morning, I like the after Mass breakfast. But yeah, I don't want to wake up for just the be- <laughs> yes. breakfast part. That part is not the well, same Well, lately that we are going to the 7 p.m. Mass. The 7.30. You, 7.30. Yeah, at St. Philomena. Yes, you... you, you it's you a great al- Mass. You always ask me for like a snack like let's get uh, some ice cream <laughs> ice cream you're right I yes, didn't even think about that yes ice I do cream, Mary, or like uh, some kind of Man. candy from the gas station yeah. Yeah. I, get, I get hungry as soon as mass is over <laughs> just, it doesn't matter what so time funny. it is yeah. Yeah, I didn't and realize just, that and I'm just waiting for you to ask me because well, we are, we usually walk to the mass oh, yeah. and in the way back from mm-hmm. mass to the house mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for us like Betty uh, should we get ice cream this or, is all true yes it yes, is true this is yeah, true yeah. Yeah. that's funny that I, did, I didn't even notice that I did that it's because of all the years as a kid. Maybe it's the Italian American. It's just reward, thing. like to know. be right there for an hour, like in a place yeah. that you probably don't want to be. <laughs> no, I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind the mass. The mass is good. Catholic Craig's okay with that. Right. But the the snacks are better uh, at times. Yes. The snacks are more fun. Do you after. Good, uh, in the on the morning mass because you are more like away, like a little kid. Yeah, you don't think I do as well in the evening mass. Yeah, no, you are ready to go to bed after. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I didn't know this. I, I okay. I sound like a child, don't I? <laughs> no, 
<laughs> but right. it's just like I, I know you pretty well and mm-hmm. I know how you behave that uh, mm-hmm. it's very easy for me to say oh yeah you enjoy more the morning mass rather than the late mass yeah, yeah. I, that's probably true uh, there are more babies in the morning masses oh my god a lot of babies and sometimes the babies are just 11, fun yes. just distracting um, yes. there was a baby at the last <laughs> yes. mass that was looking at us the whole time yeah you have uh, some sort of weird power over babies where I they know. love to look at you. Yeah, we yeah. went to, during the weekend, we went to a place to have lunch. And there was a baby just like just staring at you, staring at me, in. like yeah. uh, saying like bye or like moving yep. his, her, his little yep. hand. Yep. Yeah, the parents tried to turn him away, but he didn't want it. Do you want to say the one thing that happened there that, that um, I got a little frustrated because I was trying to talk to you and you yep. were just staring at the baby. Yes. The whole t- and I understand because when you looked back at the baby, it was adorable. I just don't like ignore babies. <laughs> if, if babies need my attention, I, I don't keep my attention to the baby. You were right. You made the right decision. That's fine. I was just, I was talking I just to you. Can, you cannot compare like, uh, it's, it's, it's something like um, when the baby look at you like, who is this person? Why yeah. does she look like this? Or like, why uh, is she eating like this? Yeah. Is she friendly? Is she, is she mean? Like <laughs> the the curiosity in a baby. Exactly. Is one of yeah. the most fun it's things th- to yeah, see. Yeah, okay. yeah. I got it. Uh, this was a fun. I didn't plan any of what we just talked about. <laughs> Do you have a Spanish word for the day for us? Yes, I had like a difficult one for whoa, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You actually prepped a word and everything today. Yes, I did. Okay. Um, I did. I did crack because I'm being lazy. I mean, no, 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 no. no. It's not lazy. I'm just being busy with, yeah. with my job. Well, and you're fluent in Spanish, so you can come up with a word on the spot every day. But yes. now you've prepped one. Yes. Okay. Well, I, this actually came to my brain, too. It's not like I thought, like, no, before I leave how, the house, you know? Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> but, was some point today okay. you thought of this. Craig, are you ready? I'm ready. Contraproducente. All right. Uh, what, is that, what does that word mean? It's a... Uh, uh, a counter-argument? Contraproducente in English is counterproductive. Counterproductive, okay. Counterproductive. Do, is it because I say that sometimes? Yeah, you, you say it sometimes, <laughs> okay. and then I was like, contraproducente. I know that word in right. Spanish. Counterproducente. Contra. Contra. Produ. Produ. Sente. Contraproducente. Contraproducente. I think I'm nailing it. Contraproducente. Yes, All right. it's, it's similar. Though. There we go. Everyone just learned another word of Spanish. <laughs> We're going to have a test at the end of the month. We hope <laughs> that you have. have. It's in a couple days. Do you have your notes, all the words that I'm no. giving you Mm-mm. so far? I do not. Bad. Don't wrong, have notes. Wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Am wrong. I a good student? Yes or no? Uh, let's average. Average. Student, okay, yes. average student. Yeah. All right, that's fine. Uh, quick break. A lot more. <laughs> Thank you, Betty. Uh, some of my listeners out there are hopefully good students. You guys are probably yes, crushing all probably the Spanish words. Probably writing them down. You know what? Actually, I'm going to throw this out there. If anyone walks up to us somewhere out in public and can remember five Spanish words uh, that Betty um, has said on this show, I will do something. I don't know what I'll do. Are you going to give away the mattress topper? Yeah, maybe the mattress topper. Yeah, we still have. I gave away a mattress topper live on the radio, and then the person sent me a message back and said they didn't need it anymore. Yes. Do you want me to give it away again on the radio? Yes, maybe somebody needs it. All right, maybe in the next segment. I'm not doing it right now. It's (laughs) too predictable. You just want it out of the basement. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, then maybe well, that's no, a new segment you know what? of the show. I, I, maybe I'm totally wrong because no, actually it's, uh, worth it. it's worth a lot of money. I guess. No, 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 it's fine. Uh, there's a new segment on the show. What does Betty want out of her house? Yeah, And then that's we true. can do prizes yeah, yeah. based on things you, you want to get rid of. You should do that more often, Craig. What is happening? <laughs> a quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3. Court in the airing of this message. Fourteen seventy, 
100.3 WMBD. The text messages are awesome. I love all the people sending in all kinds of things, especially the people that were making a joke that the word of the day should have been contraceptive, uh, or however you say that in Spanish. Uh, thank you, everyone, for the laughs and sending those in. Uh, you can text me for any reason, uh, 309-340-4464, 309-340-4464. In about 10 minutes or so, uh, I will do the top five at five. Those are the five biggest news stories of the day, according to me, uh, in a specific order now, uh, because, well, uh, we feel like that uh, sounds better. So I'm putting them in order, even though it's very hard for me to decide which one's the number one story. I'm going to I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Uh, I'm not really sure sometimes that two isn't actually one that how I feel 10 minutes later wouldn't reverse the list entirely. But darn it, in that moment, just after five o'clock, I'm going to make decisions and I'm not going to doubt them. Thirty seven percent of Americans have controversial food preferences, according to a brand new survey that wanted to court controversy, but didn't want it to be something that was easy. We want to do something crazy. I love this. I love this a lot. Uh, one of the most obvious ones on this list is pineapple on pizza is something that people think is controversial. A lot of other things that people just like uh, that other people don't like. The second most uh, divi- divisive uh, food option uh, for people to say that they prefer is black licorice, which is hilarious to me, just on its own. Uh, because there's a listener to this show and a friend of the show who's been on a few times, John Ackerman, who says he loves black licorice. Apparently, he's in a vast minority uh, if this is going to make a list of polarizing food options. Anchovies is number one. Uh, blue cheese is pretty high up there, too. Uh, lots and lots of these items on the list are things that I think I, I know people or I might be one of the people It's not a huge fan of. Oysters uh, are listed actually third. Uh, I'm going to out myself for a food preference, and I've done it before, and it may make a lot of people judge me, and it is what it is. I'm living that world. I'm, I'm, I'm accepting the judgment. I'm not afraid of you people. Um, I, for a while, I haven't been to Wendy's in a bit now, and I don't know why. I think it's just because the one in Peoria is always ridiculously um, uh, busy. They always have like 7,000 cars in the drive-thru just near the Target, and I don't know why that one Wendy's is so popular. I can't. I think, I think it's the only one in the area that might be part of the reason why, but even the one in East Peoria, way easier to get access to, and I'm not trying to, to be mean to the Wendy's in Peoria. They just seem very on demand. A lot of cars all the time, um, but anyway, whenever I would go there, especially I think in high school, I experimented, and I'm sorry to admit this on the radio. Uh, you know how you put the French fry? in the the milkshake of some kind, in the Frosty. Uh, That's delicious. If you don't do it, you should. Uh, Maybe it's an East Coast thing more than a Midwest thing. I'm not sure. But I know a lot of people who do that. So I thought, wouldn't a chicken nugget also taste good? And a lot of people around me thought that's an abomination and should never happen. But I love it. I like it way more than I should. And I go chocolate Frosty uh, with my chicken nuggets. And I, I love whenever I do that. And it's been a while, like I said. But they ask me if I need any dipping sauce. And I usually respond with, that's why I got the Frosty. And I make the people at the Wendy's get pretty upset with me, too. But that's my controversial food choice. And it's just because it was, you know, it was the next step. The French fry was the, you know, entry-level thing. It was the gateway drug. And now I'm to the chicken nugget in the frosty version of this thing, and I can't get out of it. Uh, But tell me some of yours, 309-340-4464, 309-340-4464. At least uh, a third of people out there, according to the stat, have some sort of controversial food preference. I don't know if Will Stevenson has one that he wants to admit, wants to be in the trust tree with me and the uh, chocolate frosty chicken nugget. uh, First of all, I find that to be odd. The chocolate frosty chicken nugget? 
Um, it doesn't sound like it makes sense. No. They say that mixing... And the fries and the Frosty doesn't make sense to me oh, either. Oh, that's crazy. That's a because crazy that's take. why you have oh, condiments so for your French fries. No, the French fry the and the Frosty... The Frosty is not a condiment. Please. The French fry and the Frosty is so good. <laughs> so many more people, I think, agree with that one. But it's... I, I don't know. Well, I think it, it's the sweet and the, the something well, mixed yeah, together. If you, well, it seems to me that if you like... You know, you're one that likes fries dipped in your uh, frosty. Then yeah. it, it would probably Gateway be not the same thing of uh, chicken nuggets. Yeah, chicken nuggets, right? There's just chicken in there because Wendy's chicken nuggets are some of the best in the world, as far as I'm concerned. They haven't been lately. Really? I, I don't want to say. I it just again. had some today, and I thought I they were fine. I saw you had a Wendy's bag. Today. Yeah. Where'd you? Did you get East Peoria? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think th- I'm just picking the wrong times, by the way. When I do the <laughs> Wendy's trip, I think I'm doing it based on the demand of other people, and I'm the late night, end of the road, last chicken nugget on the shelf kind of guy. Yeah. yeah That's not a great nugget. Yeah, where you don't end up getting what you ordered anyway right, because they, it's so they only late have, at night. Right, yeah. They only have yeah, a few things left. Exactly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't blame any of the restaurants. This is my fault. This is on me, people. I don't I don't stray very far from like weird food choices or all things right, you like got that. Nothing? I have, uh, all I can think of is ketchup on scrambled. Eggs, but that's not that odd. Ketchup's an abomination, so it should. I realize why you say that, and I'm going to continue to defend ketchup <laughs> till the day I die. You, sir, are wrong no! about ketchup. I am not. It well, is. It is a dominant. I think your problem is with catsup and not ketchup. No, nope. ketchup is a dominant taste that over <laughs> overwhelms any meal it's put on. It is, so it is, is every other condiment. It is a thing for children. No, no. The frosty is perfect with the well, chicken right. nugget. I guess I could. Pro- you could probably make that or ar- not make that argument about uh, the frosty. Yes, but yeah. mustard absolutely relish. Uh, yes, pepper on cottage cheese is one a text I've, message I just got. I've used. I've had that. Okay, yeah, that's right. not bad. Yeah, I think I'm the only one who really outed myself. I don't, I don't think know. anyone else is where I'm at. I still will never, for the life of me, understand uh, pineapple and cottage cheese. But that's. Just I don't me. understand pineapple in most stuff. You like, know, I, I don't I'm think, with you on that. Do you know why? Because pineapple <laughs> dominates the taste of anything it's mixed with. Much like, <laughs> like ketchup. Pe- like pineapple on pizza? Yeah, it's like pineapple on pizza. It's an abomination. <laughs> that is, that's an actual sin, I think. Yeah, well, it should to, be. Well, to you and I, it yeah, is. Right. But uh, yeah. I know entirely too many people that are willing mm-hmm. to go to go to their death with that belief. Yeah. <laughs> if I go to church and they say to think about all my sins, if I had pineapple and pizza, it will come immediately to my mind. I don't um, recall pineapple on pizza being one of the Ten Commandments. I think it's 11. It's, it's the 11th commandment. Oh, is it now? Thou shalt not eat pineapple on pizza. It's like on the eighth day when, <laughs> never mind. I feel like I'm going to get in trouble now for something I just said. It's the Craig Collins Show. You can hear Only us. Only from your priest. And you can hear us on AM at 1470, FM at 100.3, and anywhere on the WMBD radio. Showroom in Washington. Fourteen seventy, one hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. It's the time where we do the thing. If I had the sound to do the thing, although the sound has walked off on me, why is that? Give me a second, and then we'll get into it because I have the thing I have to play. I feel like I should just say it's an intro, but I'm trying not to say that anymore. All right, it's time for this. Let's do it. It's time for the top five at five on the Craig Collins Show. That's right. Top five at five time on the Craig Collins Show. I go through the five biggest stories of the day according to just me. I ask for no consensus opinion on this, and I land wherever I land. And I'm trying to do these in order now, and I think we've had uh, David Letterman helping out with that. I think we're going to have other voices help out with that uh, in the next few days or so. Because uh, why just stick to, to one you know, sound? Why, why just be in one place when you can do all the different uh, people that have done a countdown outside of Casey? Uh, I'm not going to... Uh, 
tap on the Casey Kasem thing because, well, I want to be respectful to the other shows on this very uh, this very station. Uh, but all right, let's do this. The uh, top five stories. Let's start with number five um, and do it backwards. Casey Kasem style. Again, not playing his audio. Um, this is uh, what I thought was a pretty fascinating long-form argument uh, between uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC. No, this would not be on a lot of people's top five lists. It is on mine. And this is the moment that's probably most valuable from it, certainly to people that are challenging uh, Ramaswamy now and a whole lot of stuff he's saying and and doing. Uh, This is Andrea Mitchell uh, going after him about his stance on what he would have done had he been the vice president on January or before January 6th uh, to try to secure the election is his position. I uh, will also then actually, um, you know, going through that process on that date to go ahead and make Biden the next president. Officially, uh, she is challenging him and he's pushing back, saying that that was his intention of uh, here. I'll just play part of this audio. Results that night before midnight on January 6th, while that was your constitutional obligation, what if Kamala Harris did that? What if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris uh, to be clear, you, would she have that same authority? To be clear, I stand by what I said. Uh, but how could you get legislation yeah. through, sir, in, you know, that kind of legislation through in time to certify the election? You would be violating your oath as vice president. There would president. have been. So, so I respectfully disagree, Andrea. I stand by what I said in that interview, not what you just said that I said. <laughs> I said that that's exactly what I would have delivered. And then use that as an opportunity for heroism to reunite this country. Because- All right, look, I don't know if I'd call it heroism. Uh, that's, that's a little bit grandiose, and that doesn't really need to be said. Uh, but what he goes into is a rant, and I can play it, but I'm going to save time because it's the top five. Got to get to my other topics. Um, what I think is interesting is he says he would have forced legislation through somehow, some way, introduced by somebody else, if not actually – uh, by the vice president, because you can't really do that, uh, and gotten it to be to the place where it's it's um, passed by the time that you certify an election on January 6th. That would have made elections in the future more secure. The reason I actually agree with the premise of this idea, uh, maybe not the exact way in which he wanted to go about it, or even the very political thing of trying to leverage a moment in order to gain a win in some other thing. We see this all the time in the world of our own politicians waiting till the last second to pass a budget so they can force through a whole bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with any sort of budget or debt limit uh, increase. Uh, we're, uh, time and again, that's a, a political move. So I think Ramaswamy is playing off that. Uh, But beyond that, this is a lot of time on the uh, fifth of the five. Uh, Beyond that, what I think is interesting is in 2016, a whole bunch of people thought the election was fraudulent. A whole bunch of people thought it was stolen by Trump and Russia. No matter what the data, no matter what the information wound up telling you, a lot of individuals, most Democrats, I've looked up stats and shared them on the show before, in polls much like Republicans today say about the 2020 election, said the 2016 election was not on the up and up, and Hillary Clinton and many other people called Trump an illegitimate president. That history does matter because it is with that history that I would say that you do try to um, secure the election uh, because both sides have doubted the integrity of one in the last two presidential elections. All right, that was number five, and I took a lot of time on number five. Let's get to number four. Uh, Number four somehow is our president. Obviously, I'm undervaluing him today, uh, like I think a lot of other people are. He announced the first 10 prescription drugs that we subject subject to the price negotiation with Medicare under the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, Part of what he said, though, was hilarious. And I'm not sure if it's at the beginning of this audio, so I might not make it there. But he did say that the Inflation Reduction Act is called the wrong thing, which was awesome. 
You know, and today I'm proud to announce that Medicare has selected the first 10 additional drugs for negotiation under the Inflation Reduction Act. 10 additional. Drugs that treat everything from heart failure, blood clots, diabetes, kidney disease, arthritis, blood cancers, Crohn's disease, and so much more. Medicare spends $50 billion a year on these 10 drugs. And American seniors are spending $3.4 billion on out-of-pocket costs. Yeah, it is bad, the amount of cost of prescription drugs. As I said, he did at some point also say that the Inflation Reduction Act is titled wrong and it should be something else because it does a lot of other stuff, doesn't really actually reduce inflation all that much. Oh, here, actually, I have it. Here it is. This is the Inflation Reduction Act uh, sentence that I, I love so, so very much. Two weeks ago, we celebrated the first anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act which in a sense is misnamed. We did lower inflation, but there are many other things in that. (laughs) You didn't lower inflation, and a lot of the things you did have nothing to do with it, and you just named it that because you thought that it would be something the American people would love, not because it was something that you actually wanted to describe correctly. Now, since you think that your climate change fight is more valuable to the American people and it's in the Inflation Reduction Act, you'd probably like to change it to that. Politics changed the name, not anything else. All right, let's keep going. Number three story of the day to me is this mother uh, who appeared on uh, Fox. Her name is Cheryl Rex. She is the mother of Marine Lance Corporal Dylan uh, Mariola, who was killed in the Biden Afghanistan withdrawal. Uh, Yes, these uh, parents are still coming forward, still saying things about the importance of of. Uh, what happened in Afghanistan, uh, the loss of life and how uh, it didn't need to happen and how the Biden administration and the entirety of, of those who planned uh, the exit of Afghanistan just got it wrong. And the question was asked, what could Biden do even now to change your perception of how he did things wrong in the past? And her answer was very human, very easy. And it's not going to happen, which is uh, upsetting. But I wanted to play the audio. You say that President Biden disrespected your son and the 12 others who were killed at Abbey Gate. Is there something is there something the president could have done, could still do to to give you at least some semblance of comfort? What he could have done was not talk about his son when it was about our my son and the other 12 on that day. I have never spoken to him since Um, he's refuse to speak with us. He does not have any coordinates to talk to with us. He He has no interest in talking to those parents. He has no interest in having a conversation with them. And he has uh, probably no remorse, or at least that I imagine is her position, in the fact that he so quickly tied someone else's tragedy to something in his own life, which is something he does a lot. Uh, That's number three. Number two, let's actually get the uh, Dave Letterman audio in here. Let's try to add that to the equation. Number two. Thank you, Dave, very much. Number two is going to be, and this is only because of how significant um, I think the the, uh, weather news will be out of Florida, Uh, but number two will be the National Archives identifying 5,400 records where Joe Biden used a pseudonym to send messages to people that he didn't want to be tied to him as the then vice president. We don't know what all the messages are. We just know that they exist because of a Freedom of Information Act. That in and of itself is a big deal, and you're not going to hear about it a lot of places. 
It's paging Robin Ware, Robert L. Peters, and J.R.B. Ware. Those were then Vice President Biden's nom de guerres, according to the Southeastern Legal Foundation, who filed a FOIA request with NARA last year, and NARA confirming this to the foundation, writing this. We have performed a search of our collection for vice presidential records related to your request and have identified approximately 5,138 email messages, 25 electronic files, and 200 pages of potentially responsive records that must be processed in order to respond to your request. We got to process them still. We got to go through them and see uh, what they are before we can give them to you for your freedom of information ask. But they are out there. They do exist. And the only reason that they know that they exist or that they were able to get a, a positive a year after sending in their freedom of information request is because they knew the names, uh, the very weird, strange names that Biden uses as fake names. All right, let's do Number last one. one. Thank you for the drum roll and everything. Number one is, of course, um, the conversation about what uh, could be. It's not really a fun uh, first topic um, of the day, but I feel like it's the biggest story and could be for the next few hours uh, that what could happen in uh, Florida. Uh, I even have audio of a, a meteorologist talking about the potential path of the hurricane. I can play a little bit of that audio. Wind. As far as what we're going to deal with, it's storm surge. It's going to be to the right of the center. We're still staring at our computer lines, black lines, the hurricane center forecast. And you notice all the other computer lines. We're really narrowing it in here. We're going to cross City and Perry. And we've been talking a lot about Cedar Key, about 700 residents call it home. It's a big vacation area. It sticks out, like almost like a pier does, um, into the water. If there's one spot that is, you know, potentially going to be wiped off the map, it would be, you know, Cedar Key. That it is uh, pretty jarring to hear a meteorologist say that a place could be wiped off the map uh, based on the severity of the hurricane. And since you couldn't see the uh, images, it is all the way from uh, Cedar Key up into Perry, uh, getting closer and closer to Tallahassee in Florida, but not actually reaching Tallahassee. Uh, those are areas that people uh, in the you know weather community think are more likely to be at jeopardy than others. And this does dovetail into politics just for a second, and then I'll take a break. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, and yes, presidential candidate, uh, has traveled back to Florida. He said he paused his campaign. He didn't suspend it. He's not done uh, running, uh, but he has paused it so that he can deal with this, and he has been collecting gas to make sure that people have it if they need it. He has 1.1 million gallons now. Here he is talking about it. We're now up to 1.1 million gallons of fuel that is on standby to be able to mitigate any fuel interruptions. And sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't. We'd rather be safe than sorry, so that fuel is there. And that can be deployed as needed if there is an interruption. I will be honest, the last uh, hurricane, the last uh, you know weather event that happened in Florida, uh, Ron DeSantis got universal praise, it sounded like. I remember it uh, from a lot of people based on his ability to respond after the fact uh, to that um, uh to the devastation of that and to get bridges reopened, to do things very, very quickly. It is a a a sort of badge of honor or whatever you want to call it for him. And it is something that you can completely um, judge uh, Biden for not being capable of anywhere near as well as DeSantis is with much um, bigger things that exist. And even the appearances Biden makes uh, where he talks about himself and his family instead of what DeSantis did. But DeSantis, um, not that he's doing this, I think, for political reasons, he's doing it to help protect the people of Florida, uh, may actually see some sort of, of uh, political 
political benefit if he um, does everything he should do to make sure to protect the people as best he can. And if you are in certain areas where uh, that storm is is likely to hit or, or you know, you know someone in those areas, I, I doubt a whole lot. I know some people listen from Florida, uh, but you should do everything you can to, to you know, uh, get to somewhere that's uh, safe. All right. Uh, quick break. A lot more. 1470. Policy terms and limits and they require comprehensive coverage. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, the Good Story, Bad Story segment will be just after this uh, news coming up at 5.30. Uh, so in about eight or nine minutes, I will do Good Story, Bad Story, and some other stuff. Uh, just quickly, though, would you smile for a mugshot? Uh, the former president's mugshot is obviously a thing uh, that's gone very viral. A lot of people talked about it. So YouGov asked people if they would smile if they were in a mugshot. 24% of Americans said yes. The former president, of course, did not smile. Uh, and that uh, has been something that both people hurt him and people who uh, hate the guy have um, seemed to take some sort of joy in for different reasons. Um, I would probably smile. I was trying to think about this. 56% of people said they definitely wouldn't. 19% said maybe. I don't know why I would smile. And actually, the thing I blame for it is probably a grade school photo or a high school photo that you took for yearbook every year because you sit down and that wasn't the most fun, not exactly as bad as a mugshot. And you sat there and you tried to smile and it was never good. My photos were always not great. It always looked like I got distracted right before they talked to me and like I was mid-smile or everything, eyes closed, kind of mistakes were made. And so I imagine even my driver's licenses are usually bad. I imagine I would not effectively smile, but I would try to. And I think I would try to because I feel like it makes you seem more innocent, even if it's probably not something that the jury would look at. Like, well, we're not sure if he's guilty or innocent. Let's see that mugshot photo and let's decide, oh, he's smiling. No way he could have committed this crime. But that's in my brain, too, for some reason, that that if I hopefully am innocent of whatever the crime is that would ever get me to take a mugshot, that I, in fact, show it by being friendly, uh, even while that's occurring. Uh, But again, I'm not judging uh, the former president for the move he made. It seems to be selling well in merchandise. All right. I'll take a break. As I said, good story and bad story coming up in a bit, including Illinois being on a, a list of. Uh, hardworking states toward the very, very bottom. I'll tell you how they got to that and where probably the issue is. I'm thinking it's not necessarily around here, but that's coming up in more uh, 1470s and AM, 100.3s and FM. If you don't have a a radio handy, though, uh, you can listen to us on your smart speaker. Uh, Just tell your smart speaker to play WMBD radio, and you'll hear uh, live and local news from Will Stevenson in our live and local newsroom. Go ahead. Craig, Hurricane Idalia could be a Category 3 storm when it hits the Florida Gulf. Gulf Coast tomorrow. It's already at Category 2. This has prompted Governor Ron DeSantis to to declare a state of emergency for 46 Florida counties. Tampa native Mark Hudson, whose wife Nancy is in Peoria right now with the production of Monsters High, says over the years, hurricane prep has become standard procedure for him. Hudson tells WMBD's Greg and Dan he doesn't expect to have to evacuate since he lives in the highest point of Temple Terrace, Florida, just north of Tampa. I'm actually in a very, very good place. Uh, I'm a little bit further in. Uh, I'm not worried about water, but we're going to lose electricity if it happens. 
Tampa has never taken a direct hit from a hurricane, but residents in trailer parks and low-lying areas are being told to evacuate. More at WMBDRadio.com. One man is injured, but not seriously, after a shooting this afternoon near Peoria Heights. Peoria police say they got a 911 call about the shooting around 1.45 p.m. on Columbus Avenue in between Crestwood and Northcrest. Police say no one left a scene when they arrived, except for the victim, who was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. An investigation continues. And another sign West Nile virus is in the area. The Peoria City County Health Department says not long after the first mosquito pool tested positive in the county, now it's confirmed the virus in a dead bird. It's not clear specifically where or when the bird was found, however, but they say mosquitoes get the virus from dead birds, which can then transmit it to humans. So you need to do what you can to protect yourself. And you can find tips on that at WMBDRadio.com. WMBD News is brought to you by Uptring Weston Cadillac. Drive a new Cadillac today at the Cadillac of Cadillac Dealers. Cadillac is hotter than ever nationwide and here in Peoria. Reserve an inbound Cadillac or custom order at Uptring Weston Cadillac in Peoria. Off Relief Factor. Fourteen seventy, one hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. It's time for good story, bad story. Uh, we tell you something that restores your faith in humanity, that makes you feel all good about the world in which we live, and then we punch you uh, for some reason. I don't know why we do this. I don't know why I do this, but it's it's uh, the world we actually live in. It's a little bit of both. All right, first the good story, and there's a bad component to the good story too. It's just how the dice uh, rolls sometimes. A 42-year-old guy in Virginia uh, named Jimmy Thaden was adopted as a kid. Um, he's had a really good life. He's a former Marine. Uh, he's got two kids of his own. He's a lawyer now actually too. But he found out that he was part of an illegal adoption scheme. He was born in Chile, taken from the hospital, eventually adopted out to a couple in the U.S. who had no idea any of that happened. Uh, he just recently found this out. So he decided he needed to track down his biological mother. And he found her in Chile. And he gave her a hug. And it's awesome. And I have uh, at least a little bit of audio for this. I love the fact that even though he's very grateful for how well he was raised and how you know much his adopted family did for him, that when he found all this out, he's like, I need, I need to know uh, this and I need to see this person. And, and the mom was as excited as he was for them to finally be uh, put back together. How do you hug someone in a way that makes up for 42 years of hugs? That's what you're doing in that moment. 42 years robbed, stolen from us, all crashing into this moment. 42 years, but not 43. Never 43. <laughs> I love that, that he's like, never 43. As soon as I found out I needed to, to find her, I needed to track her down. Uh, being the fact that he's former military, former Marine, I feel like that makes even more sense. He's like, oh, I, I have an objective. I figured out a problem. I need to fix it now. And he got it done, and it was emotional, as I said, uh, for both. It's a pretty moving video, the actual one out there, of them hugging each other. I guess it's it's more uh, visual than audio. Um, so we'll probably just leave it at something I recommend you go look. Or maybe I'll put it up on Facebook.com. Uh, slash Craig Collins show so you can find it there uh, but it's awesome all right that's the good story with a bad component now it's just the full-on bad story a man robbed a bank 56 years old in Connecticut and I really really love what he said happened and actually part of it is the truth so he was walking by a bank and he saw a bag of money just sitting outside the bank and his excuse was he thought it was finders keepers day at the bank we all know that exists 
It's the adult version of the Easter egg hunt. Finders keeper day at the bank. He found $5,000 of cash inside of a, a bag and just like left with it. He's like, cool. This is awesome. And then when he got in trouble, because banks have a lot of cameras and they track down people who do stuff like this, when he got in trouble, he said exactly that to the police. He's like, I pretty much thought it was, you know, not inside. It was, I don't know. I feel like he has some semblance of an argument, not a good one. I'm not saying he'd win in a courtroom, but like somebody on that jury will look at him and be like, well, it was outside. It wasn't inside the bank. He didn't go ask anybody to give him money. It was just it was just sitting there. Someone made a mistake. And this man, he just, uh, you know, decided to to um, benefit from someone else's mistake. But Robert is in trouble. Uh, he will wind up being charged with larceny and several other things. And he's he's probably going to regret the fact that he took that five grand. A twenty dollar bill. Probably no big deal. Nobody comes after you. Five thousand dollars. A bit of an issue. And I'm not saying you should steal. I'm just saying if I was on the jury, I might create the, uh, you know, uh, 12 Angry Men version of a thing where I'm like, it was outside, though, for a bit longer than I should before someone slaps me and says that's not how the law works. And I'm like, all right, fine. He's guilty. Uh, other stuff out there, uh, just quickly, uh, something I saw as a list that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, these are the biggest bedtime blunders uh, that people make, apparently. Falling asleep while scrolling your phone is number one. of people said it has happened to them. 68% of Gen Z said they've fallen asleep uh, with their phone in their hand while scrolling. I've never actually fallen asleep. I've started to nod off while looking at something on the phone, and then you put the phone down and you're done. But I don't think you can, or at least I can't, actually fall asleep with the phone and the lights shining in my eyes. I'm pretty sure that keeps me awake, and I think there's some studies on that, but apparently a lot of people are immune. 51% uh, have fallen asleep while scrolling their phone. Forgetting to brush your teeth or wash your face, 41% say that, although 53% of Gen Z says that. Falling asleep without saying goodnight, 39%. I don't think my wife and I actually say the word goodnight when we go to bed. We, We definitely say I love you every single night, but I'm pretty sure we don't say it's a theft of misplaced goods. Thank you for the text for the previous thing. Yes, it sounds like a theft of misplaced goods. Uh, but I don't think we actually just say goodnight. So I think Betty and I need to fix that. Uh, 39% of people also don't do it. Forgetting to turn your TV off or set your timer, 38%. My mom purposely falls asleep with her TV on. Uh, she's been doing it for as long as I can remember. Uh, I actually, this is not great. My mom listens to the radio show, uh, but we're here. It's going to be here. It's fine. I used to sneak in sometimes as a high school kid if I was staying out late with the girlfriend and came back after curfew and looking up at my mom's bedroom window, which was right at the front of the house, I would assume she was awake because the light was always on because of the TV. Whenever I would walk in the front door, if she didn't yell down to me, I was aware that she wasn't um, uh, still awake and that I had passed the um, coming in after curfew test. And actually, sometimes I went pretty crazy with it. Um, Although, you know, we had cell phones at this point. So when I was in trouble, I always knew I was in trouble. Uh, But there were times where I'd actually turn my car off uh, because my uh, terrible, I've had terrible cars most of my life. My terrible Mazda could be turned off while still going, while still driving. You could actually turn the key, turn the engine off entirely and just uh, keep rolling. You didn't even have to really shift into neutral, uh, but I did just for the sake of it. And so sometimes I would park a little bit slanted uh, while I was um, trying to inch up. And it wasn't because I was doing something bad as a kid. It was just because I didn't want my lights on and my engine on to wake mom as she had the window open and her TV going uh, during the summer. But uh, I may or may not have snuck in 
a few different times uh, doing that move. And mom may have just honestly found out about it um, right now. And she's now texting me a, a laughing out loud emoji. So I guess we're fine. I guess it's okay. And I blame Nicole, my girlfriend at the time in high school. It wasn't my fault. I wanted to come home. She just needed me to hang out a little bit longer. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, she would not probably say the same thing. Uh, one last thing. I just thought this was interesting. Uh, for the hardest working states, uh, they, the Wallet Hub people uh, put together some weird list, and they have different criteria that probably doesn't matter because, in all honesty, I feel like this is an impossible thing to rank. North Dakota came in at number one, hardest working state in the country. Alaska, number two. South Dakota, three. Nebraska, four. We got to go way down this list to find good old Illinois. It is 40. And then Pennsylvania, Oregon, Rhode Island, Ohio, all under us. New York is the second least hardworking state, which New York is going to get very mad about uh, that characterization. And then New Mexico is the laziest state in our country, according to Wallet Hub and some crazy list that's going to make some people happy and a lot of people in New York very, very mad. Although people not in New York probably might agree with it. All right, we'll take a break. A lot more in a bit. 1470, 100 points. Drink, crave. Fourteen seventy, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff, as I always say, to talk about. Uh, real quick, it's Taco Tuesday at the VFW in Peoria Heights. I enjoy the tacos there. My wife says they're the best in town. You got to get them with a corn tortilla, though, by the way. You got to ask for that. Uh, don't go uh, flour tortilla. Uh, that's not the right way to do it. Betty will tell you why if you see her there. Uh, but 309-682-9875 is the phone number, 309-682-9875. East Lake Ave is the address in Peoria Heights. Uh, and today is Taco Tuesday, as I said. They have food Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. they got a toy drive going on. You can buy a Craig Collins drink there, the first place that's ever made a drink named after me. Uh, and it's, a, I think, a, a vodka lemonade still for the summertime. It's going to change. The Craig Collins drink is going to be elusive. Uh, like me, there's going to be a bunch of different variations of it. Uh, but when you buy one, one dollar that you spend on it uh, goes to the toy drive there too. Uh, so it's three bucks, uh, two dollars for the drink, and then one dollar to the toy drive. And the vodka in it is more expensive than all that. So it's a win-win all around. And you say my name, you also get a free taco. I think you got to buy three, but then you get an extra one. I love that I have promotions at the VFW in Peoria Heights. Uh, some other things out there that I want to talk about just quickly. Uh, Trump's trial schedule has lined up with a lot of 2024 election calendar events. Uh, Daily Wire put this together last night. Uh, pretty much everything starting in, in January is somehow closely tied, if not almost exactly on a date where people would be um, voting or people, uh, especially in some of the early um, you know, parts of the country, like in Iowa, uh, they are going to caucus. But there's, there's a, uh, I think, date just before that happens. There's a date very close to Super Tuesday. Uh, pretty much uh, they're trying to find ways to put Trump in courtrooms, tell you it's definitely not at all politically motivated, zero percent of that. But they'll put him in courtrooms at days just before people vote on stuff. That uh, seems odd. That seems just so unlucky, so strange. And uh, Trump's team will challenge those dates and might get some of them moved. Uh, but for now, it's just sort of interesting to see how they're being created. I think a couple people fought over the March 4th, 2024 date, uh, which is just before Super Tuesday. Uh, but I think the federal courts are going to wind up beating out any sort of uh, state courts for that date. But again, uh, that is fairly interesting as far as the suggested ones from whoever it is, uh, you know, the judges, the attorneys, 
Um, and I think that, and I know I talked about this just quickly yesterday, uh, Trump has responded back by asking for court dates in 2026. So his legal team is pushing for as much time. It's, it's interesting, some of those cases, too, because the amount of time it took to bring charges, especially the uh, cases both in Georgia and at the federal level about January 6th and the overturning of an election. Uh, that's something that could have been brought much, much sooner instead of being brought now over two years later with an intention to be on trial uh, during a year in which people would be voting for who becomes the next president. And Trump is, oh, yeah, a leading on his side of the aisle. Uh, Gen Z should drink more beer Eat less trendy TikTok food, according to experts. Apparently, gut health is becoming more of a problem for a younger generation. Uh, TikTok has, uh, quote unquote, fueled an obsession with strange culinary mashups, trendy health food options, all kinds of uh, one of the biggest things I think I've seen on there. Uh, whenever Betty show me stuff, because I, I pretty much don't have a TikTok anymore. I just have uh, a a basic one where Betty texts me stuff and then it opens in that when she looks at stuff. But one of them is like a detox and people tell you not to do the TikTok detox. But I love the thing that uh, experts, at least the experts, experts, excuse me, interviewed by the New York Post said would help out with all this. That would be sweet, sweet, delicious beer. Now you put some of that inside uh, the old body and it's going to reform some of those gut things that you've changed. At least that's what the science is claiming. And I'm not going to question it. I'm going to go to the VFW tonight for Taco Tuesday and I'm going to promote my gut health uh, by having a couple beers and I'm just going to just follow the information. Scientists told me to do it. They tell me I doubt these things too much. So here we go. I'm just going to blindly follow this one. Uh, I love it so much. Uh, But it is kind of interesting to think about the way in which some of those trends have changed, whether it's uh, the trends in what people do uh, drink, even at the bar. I know I saw an article a week or two ago that I talked about, about how young people are pre-gaming more than other generations used to pre-game. And I would like to sort of challenge that idea. I think my generation pre-game fairly well. Uh, but the reason they're pre-gaming uh, now is because they're drinking fancy stuff at home when it costs less there and then drinking the cheap stuff by the time they go out. Silly, silly, silly them. They don't know the right life hack is to drink the cheap stuff in both places. Drink the cheap stuff pre-gaming at your house. And then if you go out, drink the same cheap stuff. It's pretty great. And it's much cheaper on the wallet, both sides along. But I love that. The the real criticism of the um, current generation, the younger generation, is that what they really don't want to do is spend a lot of money on a fancy product in a restaurant or bar. You just make it themselves. Uh, Burger King must face a lawsuit claiming its Whoppers are too small. Uh, This is uh, yet another of many cases you see like this. A U.S. judge has rejected Burger King's bid to dismiss a lawsuit claiming that it cheated hungry customers by making its Whopper sandwich appear larger than it actually is. Uh, U.S. District Judge Roy Altman, hero to many. Uh, in Miami, said Burger King must defend against a claim that its uh, depiction of Whoppers on in-store menus is misleading and reasonably misleading to customers. I don't know when these cases actually like start to be wins for people because I've heard about a bunch of them. Uh, one of my favorite ones was the guy who went after Starbucks for saying they put way too much ice in their cold drinks because they definitely put way too much ice in their cold drinks. But if you ask for less ice, they're not giving you more sweet, sweet, delicious beverage. They're usually just putting water or something else in there. And then they advertise that it's like a 30-ounce or something-ounce drink. And I do think that's wrong, and I'd like to be in on that fight. Uh, but darn it, I don't have the time. Uh, and I'll just uh, get you know the drink and just accept the world in which I live if I want to spend uh, the money on that. 
that. Um, but I do like this, and I like that a judge is actually going to make this go all the way to court. And I imagine the response from uh, the industry is going to be, you know, I don't think we're alone in this practice. I feel like there might be other people who do these things too, and they're not all paying for whatever version of, of – um, you know, consequences are coming their way. So we'd all like to get punished together. Essentially, I think it would be sort of the Trump defense of saying, why are you going after just me? But we'll see if Burger King does it. Maybe they uh, jump on the Trump bandwagon. Uh, one other last thing I wanted to throw out there, and I wanted to do this with very little time left uh, before the end of the show, because it's a salacious in nature topic and you can't talk about it for that long. I see I've left myself about two minutes, though. It's probably too much time. Darn it. We're still going to do it. OK, so. I do these good story, bad stories, and I contemplated this being one of the bad stories today uh, because I definitely think this is a bad story. And yet and it does probably also impact your belief that humanity is is on a track upward, uh, that we're you know progressing, that we're doing uh, good things in life and not making dumb mistakes or odd mistakes. And darn it, it's real and it's true and it's out there. A new study found that the um, national representative data on the amount of people <laughs> – I can't believe I'm saying all this. The amount of people that have erectile foreign objects in their body has spiked substantially from 2012 to 2021. A lot more emergency room visits in this world with this particular issue. And then a lot more people who wind up actually needing legitimate medical care, not just going you know, to the hospital, but winding up needing to be treated by the hospital for a, again, foreign thing inside an area of the body you should not be putting a lot of foreign things in um this is something that they're wondering what the cause is for i don't think i want to know the answer to that uh, 78 percent of the patients are in fact male and then 40 percent of these patients have required hospitalization as i said a lot of them uh, wind up needing legitimate treatment and so this is not exactly a stat that seems to be um, some sort of compliment in the world in which we live right now. Uh, the rise is so substantial, in fact, between 2012 and 2021, that's increased by over 200% the amount of people who are making a mistake that they will long, long regret, I imagine. So I guess that's the PSA of the day. And no, I'm not going to actually say the PSA. I'm just going to tell you that it is that one. Uh, don't make mistakes that other people have made before you. And now I'm out of here. Catholic Craig is out. Uh, you can talk to us on AM at 14. On FM at 100.3, all over the internet. You can talk to me, facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show. Uh, I will be back tomorrow. Dave Ramsey's coming up next. Will's got your news. And you can play your smart speaker too. Just say, play WMBD radio, and you'll hear Will Stevenson doing news.